further up and further in to your presence, deep to deep and deeper still in your river, satisfied longing. Welcome to Further Up and Further In. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Hey, Amy. What's so fun that I'm sure all our listeners are dying to know is that you and I are sitting together in my little suite in Calgary. Uh, Yes, Mm -hmm. we are out of your bedroom and into the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) No, we were never in your bedroom. We were in your office. Yeah, it's a true story. But here we are, Foofy coming to you, not live, but it's live while we're recording. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Here uh, outside Calgary, and I've been here for a week and a half. Things are going well, and I'm so happy you came because it feels more like home with a friend. Mm-hmm. Making good new friends. I know they're going to be good friends, and nothing like the comfort of an old friend. Exactly. So we want to do our best to keep up with some foofy while we can. Mm-hmm. And so today, our brilliant, creative, energetic idea was drum roll. <laughs> We have so many questions sent in by listeners that we've looked at and thought, oh, okay, we should do that someday. But rather than tackling like the giant steak Mm, mm -hmm. of some of the thoughts, we're going to do nugget responses. Yeah. How's that sound? It sounds good. We're modeling ourselves after uh, different podcasts that we listen to that they seem to every now and then do kind of like... I think often it's like Patreon supporters, which is a whole nother funded thing. (laughs) Give money, get extra. Who knows? If anyone wants to give us money, we'll set up on that program. (laughs) But they just take an episode or two to kind of take all the questions that maybe aren't a whole episode or not where they're currently kind of going and just answer the questions off the top of the head, what they think. The thing that makes on. sense to me about that one, it's we can tell people it's theology in the raw Preston Sprinkles. He's like really smart. He is. Why are people asking us questions? <laughs> so as long as we preface it with... These are popcorn thoughts. Yeah. These are thoughts randomly. We've not spent years researching it. There might be a couple of references of... I'm sure somewhere it says probably in a... Yeah, that seems like something that would be an epistle. This is the gist when, you know, we're referencing scripture. I'm sure there'll be substance to it. I'm sure amongst the popcorn, there'll be even chicken nuggets of actual meaty thoughts. So, Amy, what's our first question we're going to tackle? First one is just tips, which is a easier question, I think. Tips for finding friendships in hard places. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, my no hesitation, authoritative answer on this one is be friendly. Yeah. And I know that's not like a magical that's going to make everyone else friendly. When we moved into the peace country 25 years ago, I was so lonely. I was just ridiculously, incredibly lonely. And, uh, you know, I went through a season of self-pity. Self-pity was a frequent friend for me back in the day. You know, it's not fair, all these things. I'm so lonely. I'm here by myself, la, 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 la. And it must have been the voice of the Holy Spirit who just convicted me one day and said, it's your turn to invite someone over for coffee. So I was Mm. so afraid. And now I look back and I laugh because it would be so easy, but things get easy when you practice them for 25 years. Yeah. doesn't mean that always was. And the next Sunday I made myself ask someone if I could go for coffee with them or if they would come for coffee with me, however I worded it. Mm. I didn't know your most excellent trick then that I know now, because I learned from you, if you say that to Amy, when she's a new person, she'll be okay. 
what day. Yes. Yep. That's right. If people make the thing like, oh, we should get together for coffee or... And you go, that would be nice. And you don't pick a time. No. It's just, that's as far as it goes. You can say, okay, what day works? And I've seen people's eyebrows go up when you do that. And it's because we actually don't. And then people should stop saying that then. I almost wonder if it doesn't reveal some deeper thing where we have a hard time receiving friendship as well. Yeah. And so I would say be friendly yourself. Initiate the conversations and don't get discouraged Mm -hmm. it is discouraging sometimes you're coming up against other people's fears insecurities preconceived whatever you're gonna have to know who you are in christ you're gonna have to go back and say jesus loves me he thinks i'm delightful i'm gonna try again and i would say some like kind of tips that i've learned one look for easy connecting points your kids are in hockey together Sit with someone and talk about hockey and adapting, right? You're at the library all the time. Look for the other people that are at the library. You know, you go for walks. Look for the person that's in their yard every time you're out for a walk. Like, there can be easy connecting points that makes it a little bit smoother. Yeah, and there are easy questions that people don't mind answering usually. Yeah. Like, oh, have you lived here long? It's better than how are you today because we're always fine. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And also, like, another thing... Shows my judginess right off the bat. Don't determine beforehand who you think are going to be the good friends. It's true. That's a thing, right? Where it's kind of like we kind of eye up and be like, oh, I think that person. And it's like the people that maybe that were on my list of like, wow, this is someone. Not all of them worked out. Yeah. And some people that I was like, eh, no, I'll take a pass on those people. Actually have ended up being really dear friends. Have you... I've never asked you this question before. Let's ask it live on the podcast. What was your first impression of me? Um, Did you see this coming? No. (laughs) Right? I thought you were like super friendly and maybe too friendly for me. (laughs) Right? And I was like, man, she is serious and she is sad. But I'll be nice to her anyway because Jesus likes her. (laughs) And I'm like, settle down. You're really nice. <laughs> and no, look at us. <laughs> look at us. Yeah. So I think like that's such actually a good thing of like coming with the right attitude of like, man, there's people that are so delightful, Jesus. Would you lead me to them? Not like, I want to be friends with this person. Yeah. And I've been on the receiving end of some of that like frantic determination to yeah. be my best friend. And I don't know why, but that doesn't go over well with people either way, whether you're yeah. on the giving or receiving end. It's just like an open-handed, open-hearted I would say, too, just really, truly align yourself with a posture that God has good plans for you. Yeah. He really does. And he's designer of community. He loves people. He loves friendship. He describes himself as a friend. We're a friend of God. He wants us to have friendship. So that orienting your mind to being aligned with an expectation of God's goodness in this area. Yeah. So those are some oh, quick that was tips. Solid. Those five minutes of some quick tips. So the next question: What does it mean to have the mind of Christ? Like, is everything I think from God? Then well, what's so interesting when we when I was thinking about that, I was like, we take that verse out of context, and it's like <laughs> I have the mind of Christ. But when you look at the passage, and I pulled it up because I was, you know, wanted to make sure I had a good reference. Gonna throw a scripture in once right? in a while. First Corinthians second, it's talking about how we can like hear the Holy Spirit. We have access to the Holy Spirit, and it talks about you know who can know the mind of of God. Like only each other can blah, blah, all the thoughts, and then it ends with for who has known the mind and purpose of the Lord, as to as 
so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So it's like we can know the thoughts of Jesus. Because he gives them to us. Because he gives them to us. Mm-hmm. And we have the mind of Christ because he lives in us. Not So in every a, thought that comes to my mind is from Christ because I have the mind of Christ? Is that what you're saying, Amy? No. <laughs> what I'm saying is we can know yes. what Jesus thinks. And so not everything we think is from Jesus. No, for stinking sure. If anybody was confused on that one, the answer is no. Every thought you have does not come from God, but you have the capacity to receive God's thoughts. Yeah. And so as you said, the, the listening and paying attention to the thoughts the Spirit's going to give you. The other thing is... The Word. We already have the Word, which is full of truth, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the Bible. And that's a segue from my last point about having the expectation that God has friendships mm-hmm. for you. That is having the mind of Christ. Why? Because we have the truth of His Word that says we're placed, He places the solitary in families. He, um, he calls Himself, you know. He says, you're my friends. I call you, I call you friends now. I'm going to tell you secrets and ideas that I have. So when we know this is his promise, if I start to orient my thinking that God says I'm delightful and God has friendship for me, my expectation is actually going to be so open mm. and ready for what he has for me. Whereas if my thoughts are, nobody likes me, everybody here is really snobby, Nobody uh, nobody would want to be my friend. Or what if they find out how quirky I am? Like all yeah. those thoughts, those are not Jesus' thoughts. But we can intentionally, oh, wow, let's weave in the breaking agreement mm-hmm. tool here. <laughs> right? I break agreement with that thought. I remember years ago when I started going to a new and different church, there was another family that was also going to a new and different church a little long time ago, so no one will figure it out. And uh, this other female who was also new was kind of connecting with me, and she's like, man, everybody here is so snobby. And I was like... I thought everybody here was so nice. And I kind of had this little moment of out of the body sort of observation. I was like, huh, I think the thoughts that we dwell on, wherever they've come from, Mm. actually have a big impact on our experience. Yeah. And I think, right, I've seen other translations say we have the perspective of Christ Mm. or we have the mindset of Christ, Mm. which kind of adds to that thing of like, how are we looking at things? What's our perspective? Mm -hmm. Are we viewing things through the way Jesus views things, right? Where the thoughts come from and how we're aligning. Or are we viewing things through our own thoughts, our own experiences and our own... Yep. I mean, rejection has such a big voice in so many people's lives. So if I have this agreement with rejection, not only do I believe I'm not loved and rejectable, but I start to reject other people. Yep, because those filters go both ways. They do. So in the name of Jesus, I break agreement with rejection. Command rejection out of my thoughts and my emotions. There we go with the mind part, right? Mm -hmm. My actions and my reactions, away from how I see myself and others. Jesus, what do you have for me? Yeah. In the place of rejection. Because I want to have the mind of Christ. Yeah. And I think one of that, um, ha- habit's not the right word, but a practice that you could do is uh, what the Jamie and Donna Winship talk about. Mm-hmm. Jesus, wherever you are, Jesus, what do you want me to know? And then listen to his thoughts. And then the second part is after you've experienced the knowing is like, okay, what, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Right? The partnering with the knowing, yeah. the mind of Jesus, and then also partnering with the actions of so Jesus as well. Continuing to knit these two questions together so elegantly like we planned this. Okay. The, 
that the answer to that question, A, so if I just even think in this quick moment, I break agreement with rejection, what does Jesus have for me? He tells me I'm lovable. Mm. Well, then what is my action is to approach someone else as though I am lovable because mm. he says I am and that they are lovable as well. And if they're not behaving in a lovable way, it's just because they haven't heard the voice of Jesus yet. And maybe I'm going to be an agent of that. Mm. Maybe as yeah. we partner with the truth, it's not even a maybe, Amy, you know this. <laughs> it's a for sure. We're going to become agents yeah. of freedom and hope, reconciliation, peace, and connection. So these are exciting questions. Let's yep. go. What's the next Okay, next question. Oof. Uh-oh. Holy discontent and how to wrestle with it and come out stronger. Maybe we should decide what we think they mean by holy discontent <laughs> as opposed yeah. to like a regular old grumpy, miserable discontent. Yeah. I think part of it is is when I'm thinking that through is first of all figuring out if it is a holy discontent or yeah. if it is general crankiness. Yeah. Or <laughs> Just being poopy, yeah. attitude-wise. Well, a lack of gratitude, for sure, Yeah, is an unholy discontent. It's ungodly. Um, complaining. Complaining is, is, is actually sin. Yeah. Not, I, yeah. not an honest admission of what's difficult. So maybe a holy discontent with the discontent part would be like, here's an honest admission. This is not an easy season or chapter in my life. Mm-hmm. But what would sanctify it? The word holy means sanctified, like set apart for something. And everything that's set apart for God is redemptive. So how would my discontent then become a holy discontent as opposed to a complaining negative rut? Mm-hmm. Oh, again, this is... <laughs> this is me asking you the This is again, I didn't pick up on like legit question as opposed <laughs> like, to like answer. <laughs> Amy's got her teacup held up. She's leaning in. She is waiting for me to answer this question. And I am... On the spot. Now I now I what, say your question again now because now I've lost it. Can we rewind? Like what would take my discontent, which could be legitimately rooted in something as difficult and challenging. Mm. Yeah, we yeah. all have difficult and challenging situations that we can either complain about, or it can become holy mm. that is made sanctified and set apart for God. Mm. Okay. Which I think then immediately it turns to something redemptive. Like, what yeah. does God want to do in this difficult situation? And he probably wants to do something in me yeah. and then use me as a catalyst of change in whatever is disoriented and misaligned with God's order. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly it. Okay, Jesus, where are you and what do you want to do in this situation? Yeah. Right? And it's kind of like that. I just remember... Um, right before COVID, right before COVID, it was that feeling of like discontent. And it was like, man, I just don't know what I'm doing. I feel like called to a bunch of things, but right now that's just none of it's happening. And kind of like this part of it was a holy discontent and other part was really angsty, Mm -hmm. right? Recognizing the things Jesus was calling me into, but getting all angsty and worried why they weren't happening now. Mm Right. And so for me, it was a thing of that weird combination of surrender to Jesus of like, this is where I am right now. This is hard. It isn't looking exactly like how I thought. And how long will it till it looks like how I thought it would? Never. (laughs) Oh, you answered that But then also another thing of like, what does it look, and who knows if this is what the person was asking, but like, what does it look like to partner with Jesus and what I think he's calling me to do right now, even if the whole fruition of it, I can't in the way I think it should be. Yeah. 
that's a good way. I think when you're describing that too, my experience when I've been in seasons and chapters like that, what I have discovered is that Jesus is getting me ready mm-hmm. to do something that might be costly or difficult. Like, I don't know, move eight hours away from everything that's known and you know comfortable. Because as that discontent gets bigger inside of me, the more I long for what he wants to do, the more ready I am for what he wants to do. Whereas if I was comfortable in the status quo, I would be like, yeah, no. Yeah. Why would I do that? Yeah, yeah. Kind of the starting of unsettledness. Yes. That actually prepares for the propelling somewhere else. It's a readiness thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think honestly, this is like going off the top of my head, that we're going to maybe be in a perpetual cycle of that in the sense that we're designed to be partners in God's redemption story. Yeah. And that redemption story is always going to be on a frontier. Always. Mm. And so he's going to continually take our yes and expand us in the waiting. I think that's Romans 8 in the message where it talks about our yearning for God's Mm. manifestation is like a pregnant woman who's expanded in the waiting. Mm -hmm. And that to me sounds like a picture of holy discontent. Like it's Mm -hmm. a growing, growing, stretching, stretching, so I can carry more life so that I can bring something to birth. I don't know if that's too abstract for you, but it makes sense to me. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me like when you're a parent and it's like each and your kid Mm -hmm. is in a stage and it's like just about the point where you're like, man, I'm a good parent. I've figured this out. This is amazing. Then all of a sudden they stop napping or they start crawling or they interact in a different way. And all of a sudden you're that thing of like, oh my goodness, like, okay, what does this kid need? How does it like the, and I remember when they were little, I was just like, come on, can't there just be a time where I'm like rocking this parent thing and I got it down? (laughs) No. (laughs) And it's like, no, because then for me and also for me, then it'd be really easy actually to treat my kids like a task, like a program kind of thing where it's like, I got it. I will complete this task. Whereas like when it's changing, it like necessitates relationship and connection with your kids Mm. or else you're going to miss, you're going to miss. Yeah. No, no. As you were talking like that, it's like kind of the same thing with Jesus, right? Like if we just get it all down, then the like relationship and intimacy and connection and growth and stretching, it can easily turn into a like, oh yeah, I got this program task thing. Mm. That's so interesting. So interesting to me how you observe that because it's like totally true. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it from, I just think about how my kids would be like, I had them in a routine. They seemed content. And then all of a sudden they would be like fussy and cranky and, and not content. And it would always precede another level of growth and development. They would start to crawl. They would start to walk. They would start to talk. And it's like they had this little level of discontent with where they were at. And it was like breaking okay, yeah, through yeah, yeah. into the new stage. And so I see Jesus is like, not like, I'm going to inflict discontent on you so you stay intimate with me. But like, not that you're saying that. Yeah. But like, of course you're going to get this like restlessness because you're ready for another stage of growth. Mm, and it's yeah, this yeah. endless redemptive cycle of from glory to glory. The one last thing on this topic that comes to my mind is the way to sanctify anything to make something holy. Um, the Psalms talk about it. I know it's in the Psalms somewhere. <laughs> but we sanctify things with praise. Mm, yeah. We bring the sacrifice of praise. We sanctify it with praise. So if I'm in a place of discontent, one of the best things I can immediately do to start to orient something, but to get into rhythm with what God is doing is to begin to thank him for this. Mm. God, I thank you that you're here. I think you have a good plan. I thank you that you are stirring up something good in me. 
Thank you that you have good plans. Right? Again, as soon as I shift into the gratitude mode, not in a way of denial, but of acknowledging his lordship and authority in my life, his redemptive goodness, the discontent's going to be holy. Yeah. When okay. you start to bring that psalm up, the thing that reminded <laughs> me of that. Yeah. We bring a sacrifice of praise Woo-hoo! into the house of the Lord. Yee-haw! Yeah. That, yeah, sure, our listeners really enjoyed that. I'm sure there's a lot of people that know exactly what we're talking They're about. They're singing along in the car. But before we make that worse, what's the next question, yeah. Amy? You know what? I think the next question will be answered on the next episode. We're almost Ooh. at uh, 18 minutes here, so that's Perfect. a good amount. So we're just going to leave people with that beautiful song echoing <laughs> in their hearts. We just encourage you to sing this song as you head further up and further in. Mm-hmm.